Chagiga daf Yudalad Amud Aleph, taking perspectives, Echad Ladin Ve'echad Litzdaka. So this piece of Gemara carries on being super Kabbalistic and, uh, and difficult, but in as with every daf so far, we've been able to find the Matmon. We've been able to find something um, that if we understand and unpack the principle, we get a, uh, a, an insight that is something we can action, something we can, we can live by. Uh, and this is based on a posuk in Daniel, which the Gemara is busy analyzing um, because that seems to be contradictory, contradictory. And we're going to deal with one of those contradictions. The posuk in Daniel is Chazei Havet Addi Karsavan Remiv. I continued to watch, says the Novi, until thrones were set in place. Va'atik yomin yativ. Atik yomin is the the word we use in Kabbalah for Hashem, uh, for certain aspects of Hashem. The 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 ancient of days, he who was before all days, took his seat. Levushei kitlag chivar. His clothing, his garment was like white snow. Usa'al reishei ke'amar nekei, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. Karsei shevivin dinur. His throne was tongues of flame. Galgalohi nur dalik, and the wheels of the of the throne were bla- were blazing fire. Says Rabbeinu Chananel, uh, and he says here and again on on Dafamid Beis when we talk about the Arba Shinichnasu Lepardes, the famous Gemara of the four who went into Paradise, That Gemara is on the next Omud, the four people who went into the secret, beautiful gardens of Hashem, so to say. And the Rabbi Nechanael says, these are, are, are Maris Lenevim, these are prophetic insights that the Nevim had and that the, and that the Chachomim of the time had. It's not that this is what they saw. They saw a physical thing, which, which Daniel describes. It's a, it's the heart can envision, envision things that the eyes can't see. And that's not only on the level of Nevi'im. On the levels of Nevi'im, we get to, to, to the point of, of those things being incredibly accurate. But, but it's something every human being is capable of, of doing, to be able to see and hear with the heart, to be able to understand things with the heart. One day we should talk about how you do that, how you bring the heart into play, and how you can perceive things with your heart that you can't perceive with your eyes and your ears. And Nevi'im take that to the, to the ultimate level, and that's the case that of... Of Daniel here, it's it's ke'en demut. It's as if it were a vision, but be'uvna to deliver. It's they can understand it intuitively. Intuitively, that's what they're feeling, as if they're in the presence of this image, which Daniel explains. The white hair, the the, the whiteness of the of the um, of the garments. Rashi says is lelaben avonot amor. The whiteness is to because Hashem is going to purify the sins of the Bnei Yisrael. Usareshik amar neka, and the neka, the hair, the hair of his head is like pure wool, is because and it's important. Rashi, which is why I put it in over here, it's based on a, 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 a medrash in Vayikra that Hashem cleanses himself from the debts he owes wicked people. When wicked people do something good, Hashem owes them. And that debt on Hashem's books is a blemish. So Hashem cleanses himself by paying off the Rishoyim in Olam Hazeh. Gives them lots of money, he gives them lots of power, he gives them whatever they want and whatever they enjoy. He gives them for the good things they've done. 
And even the Shoim do a lot of good things. He doesn't want to be indebted. That's a blemish, to be indebted to a wicked person. Hashem can't stand that, so to say. So the, the whiteness of his clothes, of his hair, is to, well, the purity of, of his hair is to symbolize menakeh atzmo mischiot sheyesh la'akum. So Agamora says, on the one hand, in this posuk, one part of the posuk calls it karse, his throne. The other part of the posuk calls it karsevan, his thrones. So was there one or was there two? Lokashia says the Gemara, echad lo echad le David. One was for Hashem to sit on, and the other throne is for David to sit on next to Hashem. Kidetanya, echad lo echad le David, divre Rabbi Akiva, right? So Rabbi Akiva has actually said that in a brighter. Oh my Lord, Rabbi Yossi Aglili, Rabbi Yossi Aglili is a friend of Rabbi Akiva. They were at the same time colleagues and dear friends. Akiva, ad matai shechina chola. You're out of your mind talking about the shechina as if he's sitting next to David Amelech. What are they sitting and, and hanging out together? How can you even refer to it that way? Elo echad le din. One throne is for Din, and one throne is for Tzedakah, for, for justice and for generosity. And that links to, to the Gemara in Avodah Zorah, which we'll get to in Yitzhah Hashem, Omar Rav Yehuda, Omar Rav, Shtem Shaot Havi Ayom, the day is 12 hours long as we know. And we're talking about Shaot Zmaniyot, which is from sunrise to sunset. The first three hours that the Rebbein Shem, that's now, while we're sitting here, still in the first three hours of the day, what is Hashem Yisbarach doing at this moment? He's learning Torah. And you know what Torah he's learning? Each, each one is able to link to the Rebbein Shem. For us, he's learning Chagigadav Yudalit. He's learning with us, we're learning with the Rebbein Shem. This is a time to connect to the Rebbein Shem during those first three hours of the day. Then he goes to business for the second quarter of the day and he judges the world. When he sees the world needs to be destroyed, terrible things are happening in the world. There are his two chairs. He gets up from the one throne and he sits on the other throne. The Gemara is just beautiful as it goes on. We're, we're going to be concerned with this bold, the bold part that I've made bold here. Shlishit, the third three hours, the third quarter of the year, of the day, Yoshev v'zand kol ha'olam kulo, mikane beitim ha'betichinim. The third quarter, he makes food for the entire world. We spoke about that a little bit yesterday. Reviyot, and then the fourth quarter, Yoshev v'mesachekim leviatan. He sits and plays with a Leviathan. Now, of course, that's Kabbalah. We're not going to get into it in detail. But the idea of play is divine. Play is not for children. Children learn how to play so that they will use playfulness their entire life. It's impossible to be mechadish without playfulness. You can't be creative without playfulness. You can't have a relationship without playfulness. You can't remain healthy without playfulness. Playfulness is incredibly important. And we see that it's, uh, however we understand, we can't understand what does it mean Hashem plays, but it's to teach us that playfulness is a divine attribute. It's not childish. You created the Leviathan because you like to play, and the Leviathan is the kind of play, playmate you have, whatever that means. Um, and Rav Nachman by Yitzchak says there, which is, which is important, that Ibn plays with his creations, not at his, he doesn't laugh at them. He laughs with them. Uh, excepting in the one case which the Gemara there is talking about. So this idea of playing with and playing at, making a joke of. 
That's not what playfulness means. Not to make a joke of someone else or of something else. It's to play with somebody, to engage in a relationship of playfulness. That's what the Rebbe teaches us. But what's important is this idea of Hashem gets up from his one seat and sits on his on his other seat. The din of of of, of, of din and of chesed. Why is that? Because there are two ways of there are more than two, obviously. But in, for the purposes of our for our conversation, there are two ways to look at a circumstance, to, to look at a person. The one is in din, in judgment. And the other is with rachamim and tzedakah, with charity and, and mercy. What's important is not to confuse them. Not to allow mercy to blur the lines of justice. The Rebbe first looks at the world and says, what's the emis? What's really happening? Some terrible things are happening. And what's the consequence of that? Kalaya, I need to destroy the world. Now that I've established that, I get up from the one seat and I go to the other seat. Uh, now I can work with mercy and give them another chance and it's not really their fault and, and, I, can, and I can start making allowances. But don't allow the allowances. This is an important message in, in leadership and in child raising. Don't allow the allowances to destroy your ability to judge between good and bad. When we say don't be judgmental, that means something else altogether. That's judging intentions and judging the person, but judging actions. All the time we've got to be judging actions. This is right, this is wrong. How wrong is it? Terribly wrong. Uh, we, we get used to Chilul Shabbos. We see cars on the streets. We kind of get used to it. We mustn't get used to it. We've got to understand it's a of Misa. This is a capital offense. Does that mean I go and execute the person? Of course not. You understand, then you get off your chair of judgment and you get into your chair of mercy. Why two different chairs? Because when you take a perspective, you've got to move your position. You can't sit in the same position and see it from both angles. You've actually got to get up and see it from a different angle. There's a beautiful story where Balabos came to see Reb Chaim Solvechik, I think it was, I'm almost sure it was Reb Chaim. And he found him perspiring and sweating. And he says to him, Reb Chaim, you haven't, exa- you haven't just come back from the gym. I've been waiting in your waiting room, and I know you've just been sitting with a balabos for the last hour. You've been talking to somebody. Why are you sweating like that, as if you've been to the gym? So, so Reb Chaim said, you don't understand what it is to sit with somebody. When the person comes in to see me, I have to take off my rabbinic clothes, and I have to put on his clothes, and I have to listen to his story with his clothes on. Then I've got to take off his clothes, and I've got to put on my clothes, and I've got to see the perspective as a rov. And then when he asks a question, I've got to take off my clothes and put on his clothes to understand the question. And then I've got to take off his clothes and put my clothes on to answer the question. That's what it is to deal with people. You've got to get into their place. You've got to get into their perspective. You've got to see it from where they're standing. The Rebbeinu gets up, so to say, he's got these two perspectives of the world. And he doesn't confuse them. It's not, it's, ah, look at them, shame. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's not their fault. No, no, no. You start off, what is the din? What's really happening here? Let's get that really clear. When we've got that really clear, leave that behind, get up, and go and sit in a different place and see it from that person's perspective. Where do they come from? What opportunities have they had? Uh, to, to, to get into that, one has to be very careful in the world of Kiruv, that you don't allow the Kiruv work to, to, to wipe away the seriousness of what's happening, what it is to daven, to daven properly. You get into the Kiruv work and, ev- and everything becomes okay for Kiruv. You sit around, the davening's light, you give a scotch, you give a this, it's all for Kiruv, it's fine. 
But don't forget the din. That's not the din. That's not how you daven. That's not how you learn Torah. That's not how you operate. But if these people don't understand it, if they don't, okay, so then you get into the Kisei Rachamim, and you do it for the Kisei Rachamim. Then you do it for making One has to be able to move perspectives with great agility. And how quickly, like in fractions of seconds, one has to be able to move from one perspective to the other. To be able to take a position, understand the position, and then agilely move to another perspective and see the position from a completely different, uh, different space. The Kiseh HaDin and the Kiseh HaRachamim, or the Kiseh HaTzedakah, as it calls called here, that Doniel saw for the Rebbe Hashem. Two thrones, Hashem doesn't have one throne, He uses two thrones, so as to be able to operate and see the world from two completely different perspectives, as each one of us need to be able to do, to see the Din and know the Din and know the Emes. What is the truth? What is the Emes? And then what is the accommodation we make because of people's weaknesses? And to be able to see that as accommodation for people's weaknesses from a perspective of, of Rachamim, and then to be able to come, but not to allow the perspective of Rachamim to adulterate and dilute the purity of Din.